0: It's Monday, March 21st, and this is Good Will Talk Daily. Great to be with you again today. Thank you for joining me this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever it is that you are listening. I'm so glad that you're here because you have decided to take some time today to lean in to uh, studying the scriptures, to lean into prayer, to lean in to your relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at um, a passage here in 2 Timothy. And and we've been doing this from time to time, but if this is your first time with us this Monday morning, then I want to encourage you to just jump in where we are. Don't feel like you got to go back and listen to two-plus months' worth of material. No, this today will bless you, will encourage you. I'm trusting the Scriptures to do that. I'm trusting the Lord to do that through these Scriptures. So let's go to Second Timothy chapter 2. We're actually in a new section today. Um, this is verses 11 through 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 11 through 13. The saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless... He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. The saying is trustworthy. What does that mean? Well, we have, throughout Paul's letters, little glimpses into the life of the earliest church. The church that began worshiping in Jerusalem at Pentecost and continued worshiping and continues to worship today. Those opening years of the church have been shrouded in mystery and are um, really fascinating for all of us. And yet, the mystery is a little bit misplaced because we do know quite a bit about what was happening in the first century church. We know this from the book of Acts. We can glean a lot of information from the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church or the Ephesian church, Philippian church, Roman church. His letter to the Galatians is one that um, captured Martin Luther and drove Martin Luther's uh, entire theology. And so Paul's letters to these churches are deeply encouraging, but also give us a window into the life of the first church. And it appears that in the first century, in the earliest church, a saying took hold. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. It, it, there's a poem here that Paul includes in this letter. And the way that he says it implies that Timothy knows this saying, "If we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. That saying that um, those four couplets, may indicate the earliest formulations of creeds in the first century. We see this elsewhere. We see this in Philippians. We get glimpses of this perhaps in Romans. There are these little sayings that are dripped in that aren't from the Old Testament, but are New Testament sayings that appear to have been building up in the church the earliest form of creed formation, Now, here's a fair question. Can we trust the traditions and the creeds of the earliest church? After all, there's a lot of confusion. We can see that by reading through 1 and 2 Corinthians. There's a whole lot of confusion about how we're supposed to live. If you read Galatians, there's a lot of confusion about what is the gospel. If you read the letters to the Thessalonians, you find that there's a lot of confusion around what will happen when Jesus returns. What happens when people die in Christ. There's a lot of confusion in the first century, and that's to be expected. The New Testament is only just now being written, and most of it has not been written yet by the time these questions and conversations are taking place. But to answer some of these questions, these interesting sayings or creedal formations begin to pop up in the first century. And here's what Paul says to Timothy about this particular one. It's trustworthy. It's trustworthy. This is a true saying, that what the church had naturally begun to believe, even with the smallest amount of New Testament, trusting only in the Old Testament as their their scriptures, what they begin to believe is trustworthy as it's being formed in this creed. And that, I think that's challenging for some of us who, who aren't a big fan of tradition. You know, a lot of people may even come to Goodwill Church because we don't do a ton of traditional stuff. It's a more contemporary service. We focus on the scriptures and and don't really do a lot of traditional readings. You know, we we will sing the Gloria Patri or the Doxology, but you know, you are not gonna you are not gonna hear a bunch of catechesis in the services because we're focused on the scriptures. The scriptures is the supreme authority. Well, two things take place here. First. By including it in his letter, Paul makes this saying a scripture. Because it's there, God is speaking it to us and reminding us that these words are trustworthy for us to be able to use in our worship and our communication with him, and our prayer with him. But secondly, Paul is teaching Timothy that to the discerning ear, tradition can be good, creeds can be good, confessions can be good as long as they are trustworthy. Now, how are they trustworthy? They are trustworthy if they are in line with the truth, as we understand it in the Scriptures. The truth revealed to us in Christ and written down to us in the Scriptures is the arbiter of everything else. Here's what I mean. If you have a 2,000-year-old creed that goes contrary to the scriptures. It does not matter that the creed is 2,000 years old. The scriptures are what are true, and therefore the creed must fall. But if the creed is in line with the scriptures, while it doesn't carry the same authority as biblical writings, it can be helpful and trustworthy as we are growing in our faith. This is why it is good to recite from time to time the Apostles' Creed. It is good to have catechisms and confessions like we do in the Presbyterian Church, the Westminster Confession, the Westminster Shorter and Larger Catechisms. As long as these documents remain in line with the Scriptures, as long as they never contradict even the smallest letter in God's Word, then they're useful. We can use them to help us grow. Uh, one of the new, newer resources that we've introduced to people over the last few years is called the New City Catechism. It's really short. It's designed to be short. It's a, it's a very short question and answer. You know, catechisms aren't designed to be big books. There's not supposed to be a lot of uh, explanation to them. What they're designed to do is help you memorize quickly the basic truths of the faith. So the New City Catechism, it takes these basic truths of the faith and it splits them out over 52 weeks. Very simple and is trustworthy, not because it's Scripture, but because it is faithful to Scripture. But there are a lot of resources out there that aren't trustworthy. They may say they're Christian. They may say that they are um, expounding the Word of God. But as you prayerfully read these other resources, you'll find that your spirit is unsettled or that your flesh is even excited by them in ungodly ways. Here's what I mean by that. It could excite you to fear. It could excite you to anger, not based on truth, but based on, your, based, based on the way that they're twisting the truth. These many resources are out there and people make a lot of money on them. And so what we want to do is we want to take everything that we read everything that is Christian, everything that is biblical, and we want to compare it to what the actual Bible has to say. And wherever there is departure, the Scriptures win out. That doesn't mean that any resource you read, you have to throw out the moment that it's slightly off. But if you see a repeated pattern, or if there's denial of the essentials of the faith, well, then perhaps that's not a trustworthy document. You can, you can see the difference. You can see the way that resources are helpful. And I think that Paul is giving Timothy license here to be able to use these kinds of resources. The saying is trustworthy. So trustworthy, in fact, that I'll include it in this letter. And God includes it in the scriptures. A discerning ear is key in the Christian life. And that is one of the most difficult things to develop. It requires prayer and reliance on the Spirit. Let's pray together for that discerning heart. Father... Help us to discern what is true. As we read Christian books, as we listen to Christian songs, as we listen to Christian messages, God, would you give us a discerning ear? Would we compare all that we have heard and learned to the Scriptures? And Lord, would we be gracious, allowing for human error and and not, not throwing entire ministries out? But would we be discerning? Would we be able to hold on what is true, and let pass by what is not. Give us a discerning ear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Good Will Talk Daily.